You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing a love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go follow us on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. Bryson, Kevin, we got Kevin Avery with us tonight from the four-man rush. We all three of us were at the game this weekend. Bryson, let's start with you. What did you think? You know, Sam Darnold, he only got a couple, two throws in there, but what did you see from the starters? Not much from, from Sam Darnold. It was a little depressing to only see two throws from him, one being a throwaway and one being a 16-yard completion to Robbie Anderson, which, you know, it isn't bad, but you'd like to see more. Um but uh, the defense looked really good when they were out there. The, the starting defense, they came away with an interception. Son Reddick intercepted a pass uh, from the Ravens' backup quarterback, um, be it. But uh, I think Derek Brown tipped it, and um, Son Reddick came away with the interception. And then Brian Burns had a nice hit um, pretty much in their own uh, in the Ravens' own end zone, almost being a safety. He knocked the helmet off of the quarterback. Uh, you know, I think overall – I, I saw some promising things, and then I also saw some not-so-promising things from uh, kind of the, the second half on, and uh, we'll dive into that. But, uh, Kevin, what were your thoughts on the um, – just overall what you saw? Yeah, well, as far as my um, as far as my thoughts on what I saw from the game, I just saw basically a team that's still finding its way. I think that we have an identity. We just got to finish executing it. Um, for me, the, uh, the inability to cash in on a turnover when you got it on the one yard line was probably the thing that took away the momentum we had just seized, um, you know, with Hassan Reddick, who ironically is widely viewed as mainly a pass rusher, actually, uh, dropped back and covered as a linebacker and got the interception, uh, got a nice return out of it, um, you know, we broke some long runs, and next thing you know, third and one on the one, ready to score, and you know that in that inability to uh, to punch it in. I like Matt Rule going for it on fourth and one. Um, you know, I'm I'm the type of guy that hey, if you can't give me a yard, get off my damn, get off my field, get off my team. Uh, but you know, due to lack of execution and just let's give credit. You know, Ravens they they're hard, gritty, hard nosed. Defense that take pride, you know, they're talking about a team that hasn't lost since the 2015 preseason. So even though it's just preseason, you know, they, they definitely play hard and play tough. But I saw a lot to be pleased with as far as what I saw from the starters, from the offensive and defensive units for the little bit of time that they did play. So it's, it was a good little teaser, just a little, a little smidge, a little taste of what to look forward to, obviously with you know, the injuries suffering in the camp, you know, to Brian Burns and DJ Moore, you obviously want to be careful, even though Burns did, uh, did I think he did play um, Saturday. But overall, whether it's first, second, or third team, 18 total yards in the second half is not going to cut it, which is what the Ravens held the Panthers offense to in the second half. Uh, that was just completely, that's just completely inexcusable. I mean, no first downs. Uh, you know, five three and outs. I mean, just total dominance in the second half uh, by the uh, by the Baltimore by the Baltimore's Raven defense. So, um, you know, so for me it was a mixed bag. Saw some things to be encouraged about. 
but also saw things that definitely still a work in progress and a long ways away from uh, where we need to be as far as what we expect this team is capable of being in 2021. Yeah, again, we got Kevin on. He's a three-time returner as a guest on our show. We love love Kevin's insight. Last time he was on was in April from the four-man rush. Go give them – go check them out on Twitter. Also read up on some of their great write-ups they got on their website too as well. But, Kevin, I just want to dive more into that game a little bit. Um, from what I saw, it seemed like the red zone struggles continue – um, with Joe Brady at the helm at calling plays. I know that's not entirely his fault, but again, I kind of want you to, to break down a little bit. I know we don't have the video to show, but you had a good breakdown on Twitter of that offensive line on the fourth and one play. Can you kind of just uh, walk us through that and what you saw from the offensive line? Yeah, when I, was, when I saw it real time, it kind of puzzled me because, you know, if, if all we need is a yard, I'm not going to get cute. I'm bringing in tight ends, fullbacks. You know, we're going man on man. We're going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, you know, we're going to punch this ball in. But when I saw him come out and just base 21 personnel, that's, um, you know, that's two running backs, two wide receivers. I mean, one tight end, um, that's where the 21 comes from, and two wide receivers. I'm thinking, okay, because the Ravens had nine in the box. You know, they – they were they were completely selling out for the run, and it was always the guys that were unblocked that made the plays that stopped us. So when Matt Rule gave the explanation post game that you know we didn't really you know we just went with our base infer with our base personnel, uh, we didn't really implement any of our you know goal line stuff. And to a degree, I get that because you do keep the play calling and execution very vanilla. So I get that. Um, and I can see that, okay, in our base personnel, can we pick up a yard when we really need it? So from that aspect, I thought about, it, I was like, I can see what coach was looking at seeing what can be done. Cause whether you're in base or whether you're in goal line, you got to get a yard regardless of what personnel package is out there. But with, again, when you talk about seven blockers versus nine defenders, it's a numbers game, you know, and when you go back and watch the film, it was the guys that who were unblocked because we didn't have no blockers that made the uh, made the play. So it's, it's almost as if by default we're just hoping that we can somehow will it in. Um, now I will say that on that last one, at number eighty six, Colin Thompson, who's a tight end who was back playing the fullback position, had he properly blocked this guy, Chuba Hubbard would have scored. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I looked it up and. Colin Thompson, as, as much as I like him at tight end, he's only had six snaps at fullback his whole career. So, you know, y'all know me from previous shows. You know, I was a huge Alex Armour fan, and that had me missing me Alex too, Armour. brother. On the come, like, <laughs> I was saying to myself, like, Alex Armour would have just blasted that guy, you know, and that, that would have been that would have been a walk-in for, for it. Or if nothing else, the guy we drafted in the third round, Tommy Trumbull. You know, he's got plenty of experience as an H-back, you know, lining up as a fullback. And I've seen him do it plenty of times at training camp, you know, because I made all the practices. So I've seen him back there several times. He wasn't even out there for it. So in the 21 personnel, it was basically Ian Thomas uh, out at tight end and um, Colin Thompson. Uh, the third down play, they went more um, with two tight ends on the line. But that last one, when they went with the fullback with Thompson, 
I just think Tommy Trumbull should have been back there if they're going to – they really want someone that could really execute that block. So I get <clears> – <throat> excuse me. So I get the concern about Brady's play calling, and I get Rule's explanation. I think you do have a point. We would have liked to seen that executed, but at the end of the day, whatever play is called, if you can't get one yard out of whatever play you called, it has way more to do with execution and play calling, in my opinion. Yeah, I, w- I just want to stick with this a little bit more because there was a specific play that I had mentioned to Bryson. I think it was after the game. I think it was like a third and 12, third and 13 in the red zone. I think Will Greer was that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Hubbard was the running back. And they ended up running it on third and 13. I don't know if they were trying to get a little bit more yardage to give Joey Sly an easier kick. But, that, I mean, this, this reminded me of the John Fox days when, you know, they were conservative as hell and, they're running a running back draw on third and 10. Like what the hell kind of play call is that? I just, that it just baffled me when I saw him when, when they made that call, I, I can't remember what quarter it was, but I was like, just shaking my head. Like what the hell? And, and, and that was the one that uh, they set it up for a field goal. And I think Joey Sly missed it. So uh, yeah, I, that, that's just an, another topic we'll get into later. But um, one player that I, that I watched um, for a lot of the game and that, you know, kept making plays all over the field was Frankie Luvu. I mean, th- this guy, you know, he he, he had a forced fumble. Uh, I think he I think he had a sack. Uh, I mean, he was just making plays all over the field, and he's been doing it all throughout camp. Uh, you, you know, there's a cool article that came out the other day where he credit he credited his growth to Kevin Green coaching him in 2018 as a linebackers coach with uh, the Jets. Uh, I I'm just really excited for Frankie Luvu. I don't know if you guys paid attention to uh, his play, but. Uh, do you guys have an opinion on him so far through through camp and through the two preseason games? Oh heck yeah! I I that's the guy I was going to mention. I just wanted to get on Joe Brady's ass a little bit because I wasn't a fan of some of those play calls. But um, yeah, I think I think he was kind of the you know standout player of that game. Um, I thought he did well, and I think he's done well all camp, and he's made a name for himself on the team. And I think without a doubt, he's going to make the roster. Um, you know, linebacker is one of those positions that has seemed thin, especially with the um, addition of Denzel Perriman with uh, the list of injuries he's already had this camp. So it's good to see a guy like that come out and, you know, show out. And he's he's made the most of it so far, which is exciting. Yeah. And if I get about Frank Louisville, just to correct you, you was talking about that uh, third and 13. That was actually in the second quarter. Uh, I'm looking at the drive chart here. Uh, Six plays, 31 yards, and it says third and 13. Uh, Hubert up the middle for two yards. Yep, that's what it was. <laughs> um, and he fumbled the ball. It was recovered by um, Dennis Daly at the Baltimore uh, 19. So, yeah, that actually happened in the uh, the second quarter. So, yeah, <laughs> that part. Um, yeah, I can still see that ball moving around. But anyway, uh, you know, Hubbard been having some – couple of issues with uh with his hands in training camp i did uh i did notice he um he has uh has had that ability to make plays but also potentially put the ball on the ground so um personally uh you know i would like to see my boy reggie bonifant in that situation but that's just me mm-hmm. uh, but now but back to frankie though uh frankie louvel uh he's just been a burst of energy for this team uh when we first signed him i was like who but then one of one of my four-man rush uh partners uh, smooth um, for the four-man rush, a.k.a. Larry. He uh, he has a cousin who's actually a scout for the, the New York Jets, and the fan base for the Jets were really sad to see 
Frankie Louvu goes. So I was like, okay, well, can't wait to see what he's got. Now we're seeing glimpses of what it is that why they liked him. So I uh, I definitely um, I definitely like the fact that he's versatile. You know, he can put his hand in the dirt. Uh, he can also stand up as a uh, outside linebacker as well. So that position flexibility that we uh, that we talk about, uh, he definitely possesses. Uh, what he's known for is really just having that nonstop motor. Is mm-hmm. what the is is what you not only hear the players say about him, but you know what you see on the field. Like there's no taking off. Like he's, you know, all gas, no brakes. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that from a technical point, he plays with very good technique. Like when he's engaged with a with a, with an offensive lineman, um, he makes sure that he has both leverage and good hand control. So whether he needs to shuck him to the left or to the right, he's got himself in good position. Even though the lineman may outweigh him by thirty or forty pounds, so. That's just some of the technical aspect of his game that I like, that he has real good uh, leverage and real good um, ability to disengage blocks. But um, he's definitely someone that that's definitely going to push uh, for reps and I think should be a good part of a rotation that can be used in uh, multiple ways. So I'm definitely glad we got him. And he's a, a, a four-core special team, and he plays on all four special team units as well. Kevin, let, let's, talk about, let's talk about the linemen a little bit. We again, we didn't. We only saw them out there, the starters for one series. But it's been a while since we got your take, really before the draft. But what have you seen out of these two preseason games from Brady Christensen? I know I was on the record last week. He really, he really surprised me last week. I thought he did pretty damn well, and I, I made a note to watch him um, when the offense was on the field in Week One. I tried to do the same too last week, and I thought he did his pretty well too. But what what are your thoughts on him so far? Uh, my thoughts on Brady Christensen, Brady Christen is that he's actually played decent. Uh, I've actually gone on record saying so far for me, um, he's like a C student. I've seen him do some things well. I see him do some things not so well, and I do see him do some things that's kind of like, yeah, you know, didn't really make an impact one way or the other. Didn't mess up, but you didn't really you know, make it go in a plus here as well. So with him learning a whole new side, you know, going from left tackle to right um, and then playing um, playing a new position as well because he's also played right tackle and left guard. So not only changing position, but changing sides. I will give him credit and say that uh, for that type of transition, he's actually um, hasn't done that bad. Um, but I definitely think he... You know, with the rookie, he's, he's definitely got room to grow. One of the things that I notice about him is that one of the pluses I like about him, he has real elite off-the-ball skills. Like, when that ball is snapped, he is off to the races. Like, he definitely has the ability to really um, get to the spot um, faster than the, than his defender can react. So I do like that aspect about him. Uh, as far as the things that I think he needs to work on, because he has kind of like a lower, kind of a shorter overall body span for a tackle, what I mean by shorter, like his torso area is not really long. Um, he should win the leverage battle a lot more than what he does. He he still plays with high pads at times. And then when the lineman is able to get up into him, they are able to uh, stifle him and kind of make him, you know, useless. Um, you know, like, for example, you was talking about that Colts game, you know, when um, – P.J. Walker threw that touchdown um, to Tommy Trumbull. But if you go back and watch that play, you know, uh, Christian at right tackle, he got blowed the hell up. That was why P.J. had to make that spin move to get out to, you know, find um, uh, find Tommy Trumbull 
on that play. And by the way, if you listen to Matt Rule after that, uh, that play wasn't even supposed to have been ran. They were supposed to wait, run it out to the two minute warning, but PJ didn't didn't um, didn't get the notice and he ran the play. So that was actually the touchdown that actually wasn't supposed to happen, but uh, we actually just lucked out. Uh, but overall, I, I do see that uh, Christensen, he's, he just, you just got to give him time. I know because he was drafted third round and was viewed as a second round guard, people want to automatically throw him in the lineup, but offensive line takes the longest to jail. And I just think that he just needs to play in spots and just to, and just to earn his reps, but he got, he definitely has tools that transition as well over, but he also got some habits that he needs to break as well. Bryson, anything? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, if I had to, to, you know, give it one word, I would say his, uh, his performance has been promising. So I, I think he's, he's definitely shown some potential. Uh, uh, Pro Football Focus has him at 55 pass blocking snaps with zero sacks allowed, which I know the one um, with PJ Walker that Kevin mentioned uh, w- could have been a sack potentially for a quarterback less mobile than PJ Walker. But, uh, but I mean, that's what it is. 55 pass blocking snaps with zero sacks allowed. So, I mean, I think that's pretty good overall. Um, there may have been some plays that, like I said, uh, should have been a sack, but they weren't, but, uh, he's definitely shown me promise and I'm, I'm excited to, to watch him grow. And, and we know how I stand, uh, with moving boat into left tackle and, uh, put, putting Brady at right. So, uh, Oh, let's get into that a little bit. Kevin, Kevin, what's your thoughts on that? Cause I know you guys are pretty vocal over there at the four man rush and you say, hell no with that move. Come on, let's get some discussion going here. Hey, keep a strength a strength. You don't take a strength and you marginalize it to overcompensate for lack of elsewhere. Um, you know, that's like taking, you know, an Audi and putting it in a, in a Honda. You know, it's just you, you let that Audi be an Audi where it's supposed to be. Um, and it's, it's just a simple fact that a lot of people got this mindset that fall offensive linemen is just so easy to just go from one side to the other when it's really not. You know, and we and I had this analogy that <laughs> went viral on Twitter. I said, all right, when next time you use the bathroom, you used to wipe them with one hand. Try wiping with the other hand and see how that works out for you. <laughs> and I had some people hit me back like, bro, it, it definitely was different. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. It's like it's just not a, even though you got two hands that look similar, but it, it's just not that easy to just make that transition to get the same results. You know what I'm saying? And. You know, like on football field, you're going to have a shitty day. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, though, um, but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, you know, a lot of people probably don't remember the last time Moten played uh, left tackle was at week one, 2018 against Dallas when Darrell Williams uh, mm-hmm. was trying to come back from the broken lead and Moten struggled. Now, I know you'd be like, yeah. that was two, two years ago. Okay. Yeah, true. But some players are just left or right sided players. Now, there's other players in the league that have shown that versatility, but that's not a, a universal general rule of thumb. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in college, Moten need to play right tackle or right guard. You know, he's already been a, always been a right side of uh, a right sided player. So for me, let him be where his strength is at. And we just have to keep working and even scheme around the places where we're, you know, not as strong at. Um, that's just me personally. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as far as with the whole thing with moving Moten and starting Chris, uh, you know, putting Christian at uh at right tackle because here's the bottom line, you know, Christian is surprising and promising. He still only face he still isn't facing starters. So yeah, you know, you you don't want to 
I don't want to say you want a shelter lineman, but you wanted them to allow him, like I say, he's still getting used to a whole new side, whole new position. So you want to give him that chance to kind of grow into it before you just feed him to the wolves. Because at the end of the day, you know, defensive ends or edge rushers, they move from side to side. So they recognize the weakness. No matter if you put them on the left or the right, they go on hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's the Brady Christensen that's struggling second teamers. Oh, you know, somebody like Cam Jordan be like, yeah, I want him, coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you know we have speed bump McGee part two coming. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to. I don't want to do him like that. You know, come Moten then made uh, Cam Jordan go on the other side several times over the last couple of years, and I want to. I want to keep it that way. Bryson, you want the floor? I, I just real quick. I just think that um, I think it's worth a shot just putting your best five out there, and you know if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You can always move Moten back to right tackle and. And roll with the uh, with the speed bump at left tackle, which it what is what it would be um, with whoever they put out there, wh- whether that be uh, Cam Irving or Trent Scott or whoever they have there. But you know, I, I think left tackle being it um, it being Sam Darnold's blind side is um, a more important position on the field than the right tackle. And you know, at, at right tackle, Sam Darnold can see stuff coming at him more easily than at left tackle. So I, I just feel like it's worth a shot putting uh, Moten at left tackle. It has been a while since he's played it, you know, um, since that 2018 Cowboys game. He, I feel like he's improved as a player overall. He's uh, bigger, stronger, faster probably. Uh, I think it's worth a shot. You know, he, he, he's he been all right in practice with the reps that he's had. I know it's not really, you know, full speed or anything, but I think just having your best five out there with specifically with Sam Darnold, and uh, I, I think it's just worth a shot. Now, we'll add this, though. Um I don't know if you guys watch because I did the replay and I just got approved. But, you know, uh, PSL owners, you know, we get free access to all 22 and game pass. Um, yep. I actually just got my code the other day. Um, as a starter, Cam Irving, he actually played very well at left tackle uh, against the Ravens when he was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I saw, and now I'm I've been one of his biggest skeptics. I've been more harder on him than I have a Christian. <laughs> So, but, you know, Cam Irvin, he he has that very similar athletic profile where he has a quick get off. Uh, believe it or not, he does play violent. He's just got to play under control a little bit with it. Uh, definitely, you can tell he's built for zone blocking, um, you know, going, you know, man power gap blocking. He can do it, but not with the same success as he can with zone blocking, you know, getting lateral movement. And things of that nature, but if you go back and watch that Ravens game, we get a chance. Uh, pay attention, number seventy-five. He was moving mm-hmm. guys out of the way. Uh, he was beating them to the spot. He was keeping good footwork, good hand-eye coordination. He was keeping his hips low and pass block drills. Um, again, it was a small sample because you know the starters didn't play, but so long. But for uh, his first significant action, um, if I was to give Cam Irvin a grade. I would give him a B minus for uh, for his performance at left tackle. So just because they're unknown or they got a previous reputation, I, I got to keep an open mind and just let them let the film prove what it does. So if y'all would get a chance, go back and check out Cameron from that Ravens game when in the first quarter. You'll you'll be surprised. Yeah, and it, it sounds like Matt Rule is pretty set on he's going to be the left tackle, Moten at right. Uh, from just listening to his press conferences, he's he hasn't said many uh, bad things about. Cam Irving so far in camp and through these two preseason games. Well, let's move on here. There's There was a glaring issue that I had a big problem with on Saturday, and that was kicker. 
Um, Joey Sly, again, is just showing he's not a consistent kicker um, with, you know, kicks within the 50 yards or uh, lower there. He's, he's missed several kicks. I want to say two or three now in the preseason. Um, they brought in some competition um, early on in mini camp and OTAs, you know, to put a little bit of pressure on him. Zane Gonzalez came in and then, you know, the Panthers pretty much said they were set at kicker. They think Sly's the guy. And then all of a sudden he starts missing kicks in preseason. And I think we all know that the Panthers can't be giving away points, especially field goals, because it seems like they've struggled in the red zone. So when they get in there, they better come away with at least three. So with him missing kicks, I think it's time. And, you know, they made, they made a signing today, uh, Dominic Eberle. Um, he comes from the Raiders most recently. Um, just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Sly and if this guy's going to actually even pose a threat to him at all. Um, just, just your take on that kicking position. Yeah, I, I think if they really wanted to – you know, it, it might provide some competition – I don't think Dominic Eberly is per se a you know a, a terrible kicker, but I think if they really wanted a competition um, to possibly for Joey Sly to lose, they would have brought in like Eddie Panero or the kicker from the Giants the, that's backing up Graham Gano right now. That's had a great preseason, or even the Ravens backup kicker, which we saw um, against us you know this past weekend. And I, I think the kicker they brought in, um, you know, he like I said, he'll provide some competition, but I don't think he's going to beat out Joey Sly. I think it was more of a move to to maybe motivate him a little bit more. Um, this getting the specific kicker on the roster and show fans, look, we're trying to improve this position. But I think if they were actually looking to replace Joey Sly, they would have brought in a you know a more established uh, kicker like Eddie Panero, who's been in the league for a couple of years, or um, or the other kickers that I mentioned before. Um, but I'm, I mean. He had a good college career, you know. He he never missed a PAT in college, which is you know great. And he had a uh, he he had one game where he made three 51 yard field goals, and I think that's all great. But you know he he's he's not a established uh, kicker in in um, the NFL. He uh, really hasn't you know had a whole lot of opportunity either. So I I, I just I just feel. I just feel like if they, they could have brought in other people to, you know, push Joey Sly more if they seriously thought about replacing him. Kevin, you concerned with Sly? You think he deserves another shot? Because I sure as hell don't. Um, Well, me, yeah, I do. Here's my reason and my logic behind it. You know, new year, new season, and I get, you know, and I get the misses because they're frustrating. But also, I'm a person saying, if you're going to make your mistakes – and going to get the bullshit out the way, let it be in preseason when it don't count. Um, you know, we've seen players have shaky preseasons and come back and have solid um, solid regular season performance. For example, y'all remember uh, 2015 season, uh, Philly Brown couldn't catch nothing during the preseason. You know, he had drops and everything. Uh, no, actually, he was Corey Brown. And then for the regular season start, he switched back to Philly. And he only had one drop for the rest of the uh, 16 games. So that's why for me, even though it's frustrating as a fan, examples like that just lets me know that, okay, let's let him go ahead and get out all the quirks and all the, you know, I, you know, when it, when it counts for real, that's, that's when my panic button is to, uh, is to hit. Because when you really look at it, the field goals that slide miss, okay. 
a six-three yarder. I mean, in the history of the NFL, there's probably only twenty six-yard field goals ever made. So, what's the realistic chances of that's going through? Yeah, it was in a dome. Yeah, we've seen his leg hit from seventy yards before. I know I have. Um, I actually saw him hit a sixty-six yarder at Spartanburg. Um, you know, when he was over there by himself. So. I know he's got the leg to get it, and it's not like the kicks are falling short. They're just not going through the uprights. But um, I I get the frustration, believe me. Like I said, I'm not sitting there like, you know, not bothered, but I'm just looking at it as, okay, get the misses, go back, review, because I love Chase Blackburn as a special teams coordinator, our coach. I think he does a phenomenal job. Um, I think that this is something that will work itself out, but I'm definitely not opposed to you know, quote, bringing in some competition. The um, the guy that we signed, uh, Eberly, you know, he played at Utah State. He actually got, like, uh, some records that he broke. So he definitely is uh, someone that's got a little bit of a accomplishment with him. He's just not just some random name. You would hope for most people, kickers are random guys. But um, but overall, uh, I'm not worried about slide until it counts is pretty much my stance on it. Yeah, I, I I think you got. I think you're giving him too much. I, I you you mentioned you know get the get the errors out in preseason, but confidence is a big thing with kicker more than probably any other position. So when he's missing kicks, you know three four already in preseason, it's time to bring in a Sears contender. You know they brought in Zane Gonzalez early on. I think the guys that Bryson mentioned before, those were a couple of guys that I was hoping they'd end up signing because I think they've done really well in preseason and, you know, so far. And I think Joey, this has been an issue for him all dating back to college. This isn't just, you know, he missed a couple kicks last year, missed a couple of the year before. I mean, he missed kicks in college. And I remember when the Panthers, um, you know, when the Panthers got him, I, one of my buddies, big Virginia tech uh, guy. And he told me, he's like, I was all excited. Yeah. This guy looks good. He's got, he's got a hell of a leg. And he's like, dude, this guy, he's, he misses the easy kicks. He's very inconsistent here. You're, you're not going to like him." And I was like, yeah, shut up. He, you know, this guy's got a leg. And now I'm sitting here a couple of years later saying the same damn thing he told me. So, um, you know, he was a 71%, 72% average uh, on, on field goal makes in college. And he's got the leg. Yeah, that's great. He can make, he could make a 63 yarder, but he's also going to miss a 40 yarder in that same game. And, and that's what scares me. And when just seeing what the Panthers have done so far in preseason, when you get in the red zone, you got to get those points, especially off turnovers. And when you miss kicks, that is such a killer for the offense and, and just the whole team in general. And I think the Panthers are slow playing this too much. Um, I think they they have a little bit much too faith, too much faith in Joey Sly. And I think they need to bring in someone serious to put some heat on him, bringing in some guy who didn't make a roster and hasn't kicked in an NFL game. Yeah. I think, I think they need to bring in some more heat. I, I really do. And maybe I'm just panicking, but. I, I don't think Sly's the guy. I don't. So I'll, yeah. I'll leave it there. Um, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, Curtis. Um, but uh, another thing that we haven't mentioned is he really struggles with PATs too. Like, it's not like his PATs are, you know, right down the middle. Like, uh, like in the preseason game I watched, like he was barely making the PATs. 
Like, it, and that's another very important thing. Like, you, you cannot come not come away with that extra point when you score a touchdown. So, and and that that's within that short range of kicks that where he struggles. So, um, I I'm with you, Curtis. I think that they definitely need to bring in some other competition and and look elsewhere. I think um, Joey Sly, you know, he's he's got the leg, like we've said, but he just struggles with those with those short kicks, and it just really worries me every time he goes. You know, he, he's out to kick. I I just feel like he's gonna miss. And God forbid we bring up Gano or Butker, but we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. We'll digress. <laughs> so let's uh, let's move into the Robbie Anderson extension, Kevin. Um, today, the Carolina Panthers signed Robbie Anderson to an extension, a two-year, uh, $29.5 million extension, which now has him under contract for three years and $37.5 million, and his average is $12.5 million a season and he's under contract through 2023. So Robbie Anderson is, is with Carolina for the foreseeable future. They locked down a, a you know, a really good piece, so a really good wide receiver. Uh, Kevin, do you, uh, did you like the extension? And, you know, what, what was your opinion on it? Oh, I definitely, definitely was a fan of the extension. Um, you know, I, I was on record um, during the off season when people were thinking, oh, he's going to get traded this leg. I said, Robbie Anderson not going away. He likes he loves Matt Rule too much. He's a rule guy. You know, he's he's not going anywhere. Um, I said, don't be surprised if you don't get an extension. Nah, nah, he's going to get traded, you know. So, you know, so, you know, I kind of, you know, got my chest out a little bit with this one, um, you know. But what I like about this contract is, you know, it's good financial security for Robbie. And it's extremely team friendly, if y'all seen the breakdown um, of the numbers here. This, this is one of the things I like about, uh, you know, the additions that – um. Uh, Mr. Tepper added uh, when he added Samir Suleiman as our capologist to structure these contracts uh, based on his work that he did up in Pittsburgh. I knew that this was going to be someone that was going to like uh, keep our, you know, keep us from going into cap hell. And when you look at all the contracts of the players we signed since um, since, you know, rules been here, uh, they've been they've been very team friendly. Um, you know, they're not backloaded like the old Herney you know, contracts, you know, where there's huge amounts of money on the on the back end that, you know, forces us to either pay a player past his prime or, you know, eat a lot of cap. Like when you break down Robbie's extension, um, it's an extension, so it doesn't start to next year because he signed a two-year deal last year. So Robbie's getting $12.5 million this year, uh, $13 million in 2022, and $12 million in 2023. So before he turns 30, you know, this will be his third contract. And is, you know, it's very team friendly. So um, for me, I, I think it was a, I think it was a good move. Um, it doesn't, and I know a lot of people, what about DJ Moore? Just, look, salary cap is going up tremendously for the Panthers over the next few years with these new TV contracts. So there's going to be plenty of money to, um, you know, to extend DJ Moore, Brian Burns, and, um, you know, other players, you know, possibly Dante Jackson or whatever. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not worried about the uh, cap space by a deal like this, but uh, just speaking for Robbie in general, I like it. He's, he's the alpha of the, uh, of the team. He's, he's real. He, he speaks his mind and, um, and he performs. So um, I like it team friendly and well-deserved. Yeah. I, I'm a big Robbie fan. I, you know, he's just so fun to watch. I mean, from the, what's that bear doing to, you know, his play on the field, he's just, He's a great, he's a great guy. And like you said, he's a Matt rule guy. Great for the culture here. 
Um, jo- Josh Klein put out, you know, that some of the contract numbers say it's clearly um, is going to help this team out in the future. And I, I get the sense from Scott Fitter's four minute presser today that he did about Robbie, that this ain't going to impact DJ whatsoever. And I think they're going to, he'll be, he'll be getting his, his pay here soon. He'll be getting his cut for sure. Um, but I want to, I want to stick with wideouts here. I want to talk about Shai Smith a little bit. Um, he was by pro football focus. He's the highest, greatest graded Panther on the, on the offensive side of the ball through the first two games, just for anyone, Bryson or Kevin, what are your guys' thoughts so far on Shai Smith? It clearly looks like he's locked in a roster spot in this team. And I'm, I'm excited for this guy. He really is. He's, he's flashy. He's got the speed and he's made some big catches so far. Yeah, man. Uh, I think that the Carolina Panthers for the first time in a long time, might've hit on two wide receivers in this draft with Terrace Marshall and, and Shai Smith, man, I, I'm excited for both of them. They, you know, there's a bright future in the, for the wide receiver core in Carolina. And there's serious depth there. And I think, you know, it, it's it's one of the deepest groups on the team. And there's going to be a lot of competition to make, you know, who's going to make the roster. So I'm excited. Uh, Shai Smith specifically, man, he just – he makes great catches like every time I see him play. Uh, you know, he's going up in double coverage, catching balls, catching one-handed balls behind him. I think there's one today in, uh, at – practice where, where he caught a ball behind one-handed. I didn't see a video of it or anything, but it was just what the reporters were saying. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's speedy. He just, he add he adds another dimension to this wide receiver core that just makes it one of the best in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, far as me, uh, definitely a, a shy Smith fan, um, you know, for you guys you probably remember uh, he was on rules team at the senior bowl um, as well. So rule got a, a real up close look and, you know, my first time seeing him, uh, play was at the senior bowl and I was looking like like wow this guy's ability to get separation from his defender is crazy like he really he really runs good routes and gets and gets separations and, and catches the ball clean um, mm-hmm. now I'm not even gonna lie to draft I was huge on um, Jalen Darden I wanted him so bad but when the Bucks drafted him I was just like ah crap you know so when and by we had already spent a second round on Terrence Marshall uh, I, I kind of thought we was done at wide receiver. So when when we picked up Shy, and I was like, okay, yeah, this 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 could work, you know. Um, and he's been nothing short of, you know, as you guys already said, uh, you know, he puts on a show. Um, now, you know, I have seen him. I don't think I think I may have seen him have maybe one drop uh, while I was at practice. Um, but usually he's um he's he's definitely a playmaker. He's someone that I hope doesn't get buried on the depth chart because, you know, when you look at it, um, you know, you know, you got DJ Moore, you got Robbie, um, you know, who's the third guy, you know, or Terrence, you know, we still got Dave Moore, you know, um, David Moore at wide receiver and that shot. That's, that's number five, mm-hmm. you know, but how often do you see the Panthers run four or five wide receivers? We're yeah. usually in 11 personnel with three wide receivers. So for me personally, this is where I would love to see Joe Brady, you know, start running some 10 personnel, you know, four wides with, you know, McCaffrey in the backfield or something, you know, to really, mm-hmm. you know, maximize talent, you know, put pressure, you know, on the defense by putting those type of playmakers, you know, out there. Um, yeah. Because we, we definitely, definitely, you know, definitely had the talent. Yeah. You're wasting them keeping them on the bench. I agree. 
I agree. Yeah. And you know, you guys mentioned to Terrace Marshall, that guy's he's really, I, he could be, he could be one of the steals of that draft. He really could at where he was picked. And I'm sure the saints are sitting there. Uh, Sean Payton's pouting away on the sidelines about that pick that they snagged them before. And I know a lot of fans wanted a lineman there, but that Terrace Marshall, he's looking pretty damn good so far. He needs to keep, he needs to keep his foot on the gas, but he's, He's done. He's done fairly well. I think I thought I saw something on Twitter today that he's got the most receiving yards of anyone in the preseason in the second. entire NFL. He's second. Could be wrong on that, but so yeah, he's he's. I think both of those guys are going to be special. Well, let's go to. I know Kevin, you got to get going here shortly. Let's kind of go to your. Uh, you know, let's go to some standout players. I know we've mentioned a lot of guys already, but. I'll start with Bryson because Matt Rule had some uh, pretty um, big words for your guy today. So I'll, I'll let you take it away, Bryson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think everybody knows by now I'm a, I'm a big Jermaine Carter fan. You know, uh, he's he's been buried on the depth chart for a while, and I think he's he's earned his – you know, last last season he played well when he, he had the opportunity um, to start and. I think, you know, this season he solidified himself as a starter, you know, even confirmed it today by Matt Rule saying that he's a starting Mike linebacker, even if Denzel Perryman is healthy. So, uh, and another tweet that I wanted to mention um, from Nick Carboni on Twitter, that Jermaine Carter is the resident film nerd of the Panthers' current defense. Um, Lots of recall right now watching Luke Keekley games, and uh, the guy's put in work. He says he's at 230, and he was under 220 last year weight-wise. You know, I think he's really preparing himself to become a leader on this defense that, you know, I, I shit on this guy a lot that Shaq Thompson has not been able to do. Uh, I think, I think Jermaine Carter is, is, is going to take over uh, that linebacking core and, and really have a good season this year. I'm excited for it. Uh, I, I, he has what it takes. He plays with the tenacity. He, he hits hard, you know, he plays hard and he's just, I, I'm just super excited. I, you know, I think he's the next Jersey I'm going to buy. So <laughs> <laughs> well, and just for folks that didn't listen to Matt Rule today, he said he is the starting Mike linebacker, even with, even if Denzel Perriman is, is, uh, is healthy, excuse me, if he's healthy. And I know Perriman, he got his foot stepped on. I think it was yesterday at practice. So he's dealing with something there. But again, I Rule also called Carter one of the best defensive players around. That was his quote today. So a lot of high praise for him. Kevin, any standout guys that you've seen so far? Um, one guy in particular you really like going into this season or going into this last preseason game? Well, um, heading to the last preseason game, uh, you know, you know the trenches are my thing, so I got to keep my love there. Uh, I've really been impressed with uh, rookie uh, Davion Nixon, um, the fifth-round pick out of Iowa. You know, the last day of practice, you know, he had two interceptions, ran one of them back. No, it don't count, but hey, you know, as a lineman, anytime you're able to uh, score, you take it in the way that you get practice or not. It's always fun to do. Um, but what I like about him is that when he plays, uh, well, actually, I'm going to have to go with two of them. I have to go with both our rookie defensive tackles, both him and uh, Phil Hodges. I-, I think that, you know, with the backups getting a lot of reps so far, those two have really stood out. Um, the thing that I like about, you know, Davion Nixon is his ability to play with low pads, 
and not to be moved is something to just really enjoy if you really like watching, you know, technicians in the trenches. I know it's not the most glamorous thing for a lot of people. Me, loving the trenches, it's a thing of beauty. You know, when you, whenever, you know, the lineman who's got 50, 60 pounds, anything, he's just going to move you out the way. He's he's getting under them pads and he's, you know, sticks, got, got the lineman pushed back and, you know, able to get to it. Like, I like seeing stuff like that from my for my defense alignment and, you know, and Phil, uh, Phil Hodges, who his nickname is called big snack, <laughs> you know, take it for what it worth. That's what he call him. That's his Twitter handle, uh, big snack. Um, he's just someone that keeps popping up on film. Number 71, you know, anytime that you're seeing like, and it's not just run stopping, like he's actually been getting pressures on quarterbacks, you know, getting them off the spot. So when you think about the type of defensive tackle rotation that we got already with starters, such as a, Derek Brown and um, um, the guy we got from Tennessee, uh, Daquan Jones, uh, and you throw another guy into the midst like that. I mean, those two rookies in, like, I'm really excited for what this D-tackle position is going to do. But overall, those two rookie defensive tackles, uh, that's that's who I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of, particularly Friday against Pittsburgh. Yeah, Hoskins, he's really he's really showed out. We we've been talking him these past few weeks on the podcast. You know, it seems like he's always bringing pressure up the middle and creating havoc down there, which has been nice. It's been good to see. I I would have to go with Frankie Louvu just based off his last couple of games in preseason. Um, three tackles, a pass deflection, forced fumble in the last game. I think he's really made a spot on this team, and I think he's going to add some you know nice needed depth in the linebacker room. Um, so it's been good to see him, you know, we've, we've mentioned some of these other guys, Sean Chandler, um, I think Terrace Marshall's had a good offs or, you know, you know, good training camp and preseason so far. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things to look forward to. And then there's a lot of improvement too, um, which is good to see. Um, Uh, you mind if I sneak one in real quick, a honorable mention. Yeah, can, I, can we get some love from my boy Kenny Robinson? Like, oh yeah, I don't know if you guys notice, like he's got like two interceptions. <laughs> you know, like he's um, um, you know, he's someone that um, I mean, let's see, he had I think no, I think he had the one in Indianapolis, but I'm thinking about it in practice. But he's really someone that's uh, has been stepping up and and been uh, able to make plays as well. So, um, yeah, he's someone I definitely like to see uh, get safety reps. You know, along with Sam Franklin and. You know, I, I like I like I like the fact that we letting guys who are not big household names get reps. I know a lot of fans were upset we didn't get Clinton Ha Ha Dix, and I get that because he, he is a good safety when when um good safety, um and all. But I like I like discovering like the Sean Chandlers and the Kenny Robinsons yeah. of the you know your homegrown the ones that's that's hungry and just want a chance to prove you know they they don't have big dollar signs on their mind yet you know they're trying to establish themselves. So I uh, definitely want to make sure I show some love to the. Uh, to the uh, safeties back there because they yeah, definitely and, have and, stepped up. And, and just an update on Kenny Robinson. He left Saturday's game. He had a, a knee injury. Matt Rule said today he's probably going to be a one to two weeks. Right. Um, he got hit by one of his teammates in his knee. He didn't avoid any serious injury. But, yeah, he'll be out one to two weeks. So, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. But that was someone that was brought up today at the press conference. One, a cup. I have two more questions. I'll try to keep these quick. But – I'll start with you, Kevin, put you on the spot a little bit. Are any surprise cuts the Panthers are going to make? Someone on the roster that, you know, a lot of people might think might make it 
but they cut him because cuts are coming up next week. Next week, Tuesday, I believe, is when they got to cut down to 53. So any any guys that you think might be on the might uh, might be getting cut that a lot of people aren't thinking about? You know what? Because I'm I was a fan of his when we drafted him, but uh, don't be surprised if his uh, if Ian Thomas is not cut. Um, oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, and, really? the reason, and the reason why I say that here because if you look at our tight end room, you know we got uh okay we got um uh was it uh, Dan Arnold, mm-hmm. you know who's the projected starter, uh, Tommy Tremble who's been you know who's showing that he's got hands. I know that was a, a suspicious thing about him since he only scored one touchdown in college at Notre Dame, but he didn't really get that many opportunities. Um, you know, Colin Thompson, number 86. I know fullback is not his name, but as a tight end, um, he's shown the ability to catch as well. And another guy who they just switched from tight end to fullback, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if y'all saw that, uh, Richie. Yep. Uh, yep, he got switched from uh, to number 40 uh, today to play fullback. But, you know, if needed, he could play. So, you know, typically a team only keeps three tight ends. Uh, you know, just have to see how the numbers – uh, play out, you know, like who who has in common played better than, than any one of those that I've that I've named so far. I mean, I get it. He's in the fourth year of his contract and, you know, his last year, uh, you know, he was in that same class, you know, with Jermaine Carter, which I'm a fan of his as well. Um, him playing big in a contract year, starting a Mike linebacker. I like just wanted to squeeze that into. But uh, but yeah, Ian Thomas would be my um, surprise cut. Bryson. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the uh, with the veteran uh, JJ Jansen. I think he gets cut. Uh, oh, this, there it is. Yeah, I, I I think he gets cut this year. Unfortunately, which you know uh, us Panthers fans we, we love him, but they drafted one in the sixth round. I think they really want to you know have a youth movement on this team, which they've had for the most part, and uh, just just them drafting one, and you know it just kind of sends me a message that they're ready to move on. Um, I, I know Jansen's played great. I mean, he he's like he's starting right now over over Fletcher, but I just I, I just have a feeling that Jansen's going to get cut and it's going to be a sad goodbye because he's been here for so long. But I I, I, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think that one is going to piss off fans either way, whether they cut Fletcher or if they cut JJ, because Fletcher, a lot of people thought. They could have went out and got Trey Smith in the sixth round, some of these other guys. And here they end up going with a, you know, a, a long snapper when you got JJ Jansen. So either way, I think it's going to piss off fans, which whatever way they go. I know Matt Rule today mentioned Fletcher because they asked him about that. And he said, you know, he's had to make an adjustment trying to block guys this year. Cause I don't think in college the long snappers got a block. I think they get, you know, right. get fast that way. So that might hold him back, and that's maybe that's why he doesn't make the roster. But I know fans are going to be livid if he doesn't because they pass on Kevin. You wanted to say something, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, uh, as far as JJ, I'm, I'm one of the ones that's pro JJ Jensen. I mean, he's been since 2009. You guys know when the last time he had a bad snap? He's only had one since he's been here. Oh, god, what, lay it on the line. <laughs> Yeah, because I know people want to keep all like this, this type of stats nerd I am. Uh, his one and only bad snap with the Panthers was week two, 2010 at the Giants. That was his last bad – that's his one and only bad snap because we got him uh, 
uh, during the 2009 offseason in a trade with Green Bay for a conditional seventh-round pick. Um, and uh, that, that was his one and only bad snap. And ever since then, he's been spot on. And, you know, for the reason that you brought up, you know, knowing to have to block. You know, if y'all remember the game at the Chargers, he's the one that helped pin the ball at the one-yard line. Yep. You know, that time. So, you know, I know long saved, doesn't... Which saved their asses in that game. Right. <laughs> so it's the time that was like that. So for me, I'm, I'm rooting for him to pull off. I mean, hell, you know, we could stash flesh on the practice squad. Nobody's picking up a long snapper out, out the cuts. I'm telling you. So, <laughs> you know, since it's 16 spots on the practice squad now, you know, because uh, you guys probably also heard that they're going to do the same thing, allow to move two players up from the practice squad so you can have 55 come game day. Um, so they're doing that again this year as well, which I like. That'll give us the opportunity to, you know, do we want to have a seventh receiver? Do you want an extra defensive bat? You want that extra lineman? You know, it does give you that versatility to um, to have that additional depth that probably probably wouldn't be there. But yeah, yeah, real quick, I, I was going to say, you know, if this guy wasn't injured, I think Troy Pride was on the line to get cut. I think the injury actually saved him. Um, but if I had to go with someone at all, I think I'd go Keith Kirkwood. I don't, I don't think he makes the roster. I think the JTIB hit, which uh, Bryson made famous online, I think that is, I think that kind of hurt him. I, I think Zilstra has, I think he's the guy who makes that sixth spot. I know I, I was hoping Bayless would, but I think Zilstra makes that six wide receiver spot. I don't think they carry more than six, but we'll see. But that's that. That's who I think. Um, you know, come cut, cut time next week, real quick, Kevin, before you leave, I know you got a, sh- I know you got another show to do Melcray challenge. You doing it? You doing the Melcray challenge? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, no. Look, look, I'm over 300 pounds. Look, I know my damn limitation. First of all, if it was stacked two crates high, it ain't going to work for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So how do I look building a pyramid of crates? You know what I'm saying? And me causing a semi-earthquake when I, my big-ass fall. No, it's not. No, it's no, no. I'm doing good to drink milk, much less than on a damn milk crate. No, I'm not doing it. Not doing oh it. Not I had to ask it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's funny shit. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for making your third return to Panthers on yeah. tap. We hey, always you mind if I ask y'all a question real quick before we leave? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go what ahead. do y'all guys thought of C.J. Sanders, number 15? Have y'all discussed him? Yeah, we've Please. talked about him. Bryson, Bryson really liked him, and I, I think he has a shot to make the roster as a special teams guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think so too. Um, yeah, uh, we we've talked about him. You know, he's he's looked good. Uh, you know, through uh, training camp and then a couple. Well, I, you know what? Come to think of it, I haven't really seen him uh, in the preseason games as a wide receiver yeah much, he's been but, quiet in preseason yeah well he was you know i feel i feel like he was all over and you know training wofford and yeah. training camp and stuff and then you haven't heard of him in preseason really at all yeah and like the joint practices you know he looked real good he, he, he on the one-on-ones he was looking great and uh and you know i think sam Darnold found him a couple times for or for a touchdown there but uh he seems like he's you know he's got the ability to do a lot like punt return. I know even when we were there at camp one time, he was punting, like he was punting the ball, and he you know it was pretty good. <laughs> so he's he's a a good player, I think, and I think he has a legit shot to make the roster. Yeah, and have y'all noticed they had running back Trent Cannon as a wide receiver? Yeah, you know I, I think I think Matt Rule's plan for him is to make him a jack of all 
trades player, you know, because that kind of went without anything really being said, but just something that's kind of been noticed because I had jotted down in my observations like, okay, number 36, say what? No, that's Trent Cannon. What he's doing with the Roberts? Oh, okay. You know, so, I mean, like I say, who knows? You know, Matt, you know, we know they love position flexibility and then they do multiple things, you know, not the master of anything, but good at a lot of things. So, you know, yeah. to see, see how that plays out with the final numbers too. Yeah, and I think I think Saunders, if he doesn't make the roster, I think he's going to get scooped up by another team. Oh, just, yeah. Just based off of what he's done. He, like he again, Bryson said he was punting. I mean, it, he was – there were so many things he was doing in practice that – I think he'll catch enough, you know, he'll catch enough wind uh, online that one of these teams, you know, snags him. So we'll see, though. It'll be interesting. I'm curious. There's so many, you know, do they carry three quarterbacks? Do they, how many wide receivers do they carry? You know, tight end position, too. Though I think a lot of those, there's a lot of unknowns going into next week. And, and that's another one we didn't talk about is quarterback. I think they do keep three QBs. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Kevin, but I think that's what happens. Hmm. There's been talk of possibly two quarterbacks, but uh, uh, it just because you never know which you know what what you're going to get. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, I, uh, you know, me even though I hated the Will Greer pick when we drafted him because I wanted um, Chauncey Gardner. Um, um, Saints got him to DB out of Florida. That's how I wanted Chauncey Gardner Johnson. So when mm-hmm. we drafted the wheel I was pissed. I literally threw a water bottle. <laughs> but uh, but actually, Will Greer has actually uh, been the better of the two quarterbacks. I, I know that P.J. Walker has to touch down, but if you look at the numbers, passer rating, um, Will Greer has, has um, you know, definitely held it down. So, mm. Be interesting. It'll, it'll be interesting to um, see how it plays out. You know, he definitely got a long look this past game. Uh, we'll see how the reps go for this last game and go from there. Kevin, if you got any more time, are what? How comfortable are you with the starters playing a half? Do you want to see that? I know. I know we do. What, what's your thoughts on this game coming up here? Oh yeah, I, I definitely want to see a half uh, be played like. You know, I know that it's different because this is Matt Rule's first preseason go through. And then, you know, we're so used to the, how it is with four preseason games. Now it's just kind of seeing how they're doing it with three because how they're doing the cuts different. Because remember last year, they did all the cuts at once. Now it was five, five. And now you're doing like it went from 90 to 85. And then today it went from 85 to 80. And then now the big cut will come this time next week um, on the 31st. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely want to see a good half by the starters. Even though I think they're gonna keep Christian McCaffrey in bubble wrap, I think he needs to. I think he needs to get a, just a couple of good pops and licks just to, just to get him ready. I, I know if he had it up to him, he would play. But uh, since like Matt Rule is uh, not chancing it, he's gonna save the licks for week one. So we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with him sitting. I think I don't think he needs. I don't think he needs to be touched at all. Let's save him for the season and let's see what he can do. I'd rather have him with, because like Matt Rule said today, he's going to get knocked around all season. Why, 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 
why give him why get him hit now you know yeah i i tend to agree i don't think that he's really you know he, he doesn't need it uh first of all i think he's you know he's ready to go he's the best player on the team and uh i think he's you know he's good uh i think if he had it his way he would definitely play um but i think i think he's he needs to be ready to go for week 1 and just start clean there mhm mhm you know, and another guy, I'm sorry, we keep trailing off here, but another guy I haven't heard a whole hell of a lot about is, and Kevin, you mentioned him, is Reggie Bonifant. You know, where, where where does that guy lie on the roster? I don't know. I don't. Um, Actually, um, and, you know, not to take my bias, but I actually think he's running back too. Um, don't get me wrong. Really? Yeah, Chub- Chubert's hands – are a problem for me uh, with the fumbles. Oh yeah, I, I agree. He's he's had a couple drops. You know, and, I mean, he'll fumbles. show you. Yeah, he'll show that explosive. Like you know, when they uh, when they had the two days with the uh, Colts, you know, he broke off the touchdown run, and then he broke off another kickoff return. So he definitely shows you the ability to be explosive. But he also, uh, you know, has shown that uh, you know he'll cough that ball up, and like you said, you know. Ball security trumps everything. You know, with us already seeing red zone struggles, we do not need to be handing over gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure why. Uh, haven't really seen much of him in the preseason games. Uh, I don't know. If, like I say, is it to get a long look to see what you got? Because you kind of already know what you got with the Bonifon. It just seems like a lot of the uh, uh, rookies and the unproven guys are so far dominating the reps. So we'll see how the reps play out um, this Friday night. So it'll, it'll be interesting. But uh, I think Bonifon is in the seat for running back two, um, mm-hmm. just because he he, uh, he he can mirror exactly what McCaffrey does um, and has a good ball security as well. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've liked what I've seen from him too in the you know last season. So I, I again I think he'll I think he'll make the roster again. I just it's one guy you know I haven't really mentioned or even saw on the field in preseason that I can recall, but I could be wrong on that, but that's all we're going to, that's all we're going to have time for today. I know Kevin, you got to get rolling here, but I just want to thank you again for coming on. It's always a joy to get your insight and talk Panthers football with you. And, you know, you're third time returning guest, So that's gotta mean something, but keep doing (laughs) what you're doing with the four man rush give the follow, go check them out go get go up on their website kevin and his crew they write some really good uh articles up on their website about a bunch of breakdown of players game recaps so go give them a follow also go listen to their podcast you can find it wherever you listen to your podcast and then also before i let you go follow kevin on twitter at fmr underscore country kev that's f that's f- for MR underscore country. Kevin, Kevin, thanks again. Appreciate it. And like I say, catch us live. I'm going to jump off here because they just sent out the link. Um, our podcasts are live. They show up on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, make sure you check us out there. And the website is the, T-H-E, the number four, manrush.com. Um, catch all of our content there as well. But uh, hopefully I'll earn um, visit number four with you guys because I definitely like chatting it up with you getting different opinions and things like that, playing devil's advocate. I really enjoy uh, checking out Panthers on tap. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Again, always a pleasure to have Kevin on. 
Um, just before we head out here, just a heads up for folks, the Panthers do have a game. It's going to be tomorrow night. That's Friday at 7.30 p.m. Steelers coming into town, so make sure you catch that one. Again, from what Matt Rule said, the starters, he's trying to get Sam Darnold to play close to a half as possible. Just some things to look out for. How, mu how much time does Will Greer and P.J. Walker play? That sort of thing. So make sure you're watching that game. Again, that's tomorrow night at 730. But let's get to our draft picks of the week. All right, this week I am drinking a Noda Brewing Company beer. So one that strikes close to home for me and all Panthers fans in the Roaring Riot. Uh, it is their lo uh, Lager Days uh, Lager, uh, shockingly, I know. Uh, it is a crisp, easy-drinking lager for any adventure you choose. Uh, from the mountains to the sea, every day is a lager day. It's 4.5%, and this was actually a pint. Uh, it was uh, really, 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 really good. I loved it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm maybe a little biased just because it is Noda, but uh, honestly, this was a great beer. Uh, I do want to buy some more and keep it in my fridge. I'm not Have sure. Have you tried if that, the riots, riot stuff yet? No, that's what I was about to mention. I'm not sure if it's the same as that. Uh, this, this definitely isn't the riot one because it's got like a sunset on it with like the mountains. But if it is, that's great because this is delicious and you should definitely give it a try. Yeah, I was a little sad when we went to the game. I was looking for it. I only think they had in a certain section. So I did, I, cause I, I specifically went out to go and see if I could find it. And I couldn't find it anywhere in the stadium, at least in the 500 section. So hopefully they get that more available at BOA because I would definitely like to try it for sure. But uh, tonight I'm drinking this is from Wicked Weed Brewing. This is the uh, Appalachia Session IPA um it's it's an all right beer um it's 4.7 percent alcohol pretty cool looking can it's kind of funky um but yeah it's decent again i've been it seems like this show has made me drink a little bit more different beers and ipas than i would like but i i, I don't think it's awful uh i don't know if i'd buy it again but it's something i mean I did drink the whole can, so that's got to say something. But, yeah, if you're ever up in, um, I think, Asheville. Yeah, Asheville is where Wicked Weed is. Go give this one a try. It's Appalachia Session IPA. Again, IPA drinkers, I'm sure you will love it. But, yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight on Panthers on Tap. You can catch all of our episodes every Thursday wherever you listen to your podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your Panthers analysis and breaking news. And as always, 